This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in an episode you should not watch, enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side. This is Jen Hansen. With me as always, Mr. Matt Noss. Hey, hey. How are you? Good. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Thank you. I am doing well. You are doing well. And we are so happy because we have a guest in the studio. <laughs> we sure do. Maybe that will make this terrible episode better. <laughs> <laughs> Guest, introduce yourself. Hi. Or I can say your name. Hello. It's, hi, it's Mitch. It's Mitch, everybody. Mitch Hello. Socha is here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being, Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for being here, buddy. And uh... so we have to ask you a series of questions before we dive deep into this episode. Sure. Gin, no chaser. This whole episode made me sad. Did gin? Did gin? gin, no chaser. <laughs> no I, chaser. I know we gotta. Yeah, let's. Just All right, Mitch. Here. Have you ever seen? Uh, an anthology horror series before by the name of Tales from the Dark Side. No, I have not. This was your first episode. But I have seen the movie. Okay. Okay. So you're the... F- I have never seen the movie. I also have not seen the movie. I was going to wait until the end of uh, the end of our run here. We could sort of celebrate. I love it. I liked the movie. Okay. okay great. That's a glowing review. <laughs> uh, what about uh, uh, Twist of Fate Theater in general? Um, Twilight Zone. I love it. Oh, okay. I love it. Yeah, Twilight Zone especially is I can't get enough of it. Okay. Oh, awesome. All right. So you're you're well primed for this. Yeah. All right, cool. Um coming into this episode, did you have any expectations? Um well, uh no, I don't think so. I had listened to this year's show before. So Thank you. to Thank get you. to get prepped. And because uh, we go deep, <laughs> yeah, we go hard and yeah. deep on these episodes. That's what I was. Pre- that's I was ready for that. And saw you brought a notebook. That I was very smart. Brought Thank my you. notebook. Yep. Yeah, we we make a lot of references to the notes we yeah. made. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, before we dive into the episode, let's talk about when this episode aired. It was January thirteenth, nineteen eighty-five. We're in eighty-five now. We've moved from eighty-four to eighty-five. Um, not much happening this year. The only fact I could get was Carol Wayne, Johnny Carson's tea time movie hostess, dies at 42. Yikes. Yeah. That's real bummer. So what was the date on this? Uh, this is uh, January 13th, 1985. Okay. Uh, January 13th is also the birthday of Charles Nelson Riley and <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Wow. Two of my favorite <laughs> three named persons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, The episode that we are watching today is entitled Gin, No Chaser, Uh, but it's spelled with a D. (laughs) And a J. And a J. (laughs) Two N's. (laughs) So if you're thinking it's the drink, you You are are wrong. (laughs) This is Genie, No Chaser. That's correct. Mental patient Danny Squires tells his unseen psychiatrist the story of how his wife Connie purchased an old lamp, rubbed it, and brought an ill-tempered genie into their lives. Uh, it was directed by Shelley Levinson, written by... The the story was written by Harlan Ellison, 
who, as far as I know, has written quite a lot of Twist of Fate theater, is a, is a fairly famous author, right? I want to say yes. While you uh, go into yeah. the next writer on this episode. Teleplay was written by, uh, IMDb says Haskell Smith, but that is some mistake because it's Haskell Barkin who has written um, other episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. He wrote a recent uh, watch, Painkiller, um, and the upcoming All a Clone by the Telephone, <laughs> The Impressionist. <laughs> he also wrote three episodes of the Pound Puppies series. <gasps> he Pound Puppies. wrote eight episodes of The Love Boat, The Flintstones Comedy Hour, Scooby-Doo and Dino-Mutt Hour, Jabberjaw. Okay, he wrote 16 episodes of Jabberjaw, which is interesting because everything in this episode feels like Jabberjaw, and it made me want to punch a TV. See, I don't know what Jabberjaw is. I'm sorry to say. Uh, Jabberjaw is the um, is the uh, the shark, the shark that that talks like um, uh, the shark that talks like. Oh God, why can't I ever? Our dude Danny Squire in this episode. Yeah, yeah, but our dude Danny Squire sounds like uh, 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 why is it Snagglepuss? Oh, oh, even. it sounds really familiar. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna look it up for a second. Uh, Harlan Ellison is the author of I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Well, that's how I felt after this episode. Dangerous Visions, <laughs> yeah, Death Bird Stories, Repent Harlequin, said the TikTok man. <laughs> Wait, was that one title? That was one title. <laughs> Repent Harlequin, said the TikTok said man. Said the TikTok man. Strange Wine, The Beast That Shouted Love at the Heart of the World. Good God. <laughs> Shatterday. He's oh, well like known for one. his titles. <laughs> like He's just a title writer. Yeah. Angry Candy, Alice in Wonderland, The Glass Teat. Oh, Slippage. So I would guess. Oh, that's where I recognize his name. Stalking the Nightmare. Um, so yeah, it looks like he wrote a lot of short stories. Okay. Spider Kiss. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Uh, this episode also, so this episode stars Charles Levin, who eats oh boy. every scene he's in. He's Aye. also known for playing an actor in movies like Manhattan, Annie Hall, and The Golden Child. Uh, he's also the record store manager in Spinal Tap. Really? Uh, yeah. Boy, oh boy. I and, oh. and then Colleen Camp, who... Is almost unrecognizable in this episode because I love Colleen Camp and she's so cute and like Clue and you know she's just this very like you know eighties sort of dream girl. Yeah. Oh, I, I have notes. I have so many notes. Uh, All right. This is some Jabberjaw. Hey, where's the tablet, gang? Don't you remember Jabber? The professor's studying it. I'm gonna go stand guard. Well, that's yeah, all that, we need. I've definitely a seen that. Thinks he's a police dog. Oh boy, this is this episode. <laughs> That's what I wrote. I wrote down that uh, Danny, the main character, is a cross between uh, uh, Jabberjaw and the Cowardly Lion. Oh, are we ready? <laughs> yeah, let's just get the get this over with. Jen, here's the thing, man lives in a sunlit world of what he he needs to be be reality reality. but there is unseen by most an underworld it it is just as it's just as real but it's just it's just not (laughs) as brightly lit it's not as brightly lit it's a dark side it's a dark side (laughs) 
Now, in that opening, are the, are we to believe that we're taking the sunlight for granted? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. This could be your life <laughs> yeah. in this episode. Yeah. This could, in, in the dark side, which is just as real, mm-hmm. this shit happens all the time. It's, yeah. <laughs> so the door swings open and we enter into the dark side. Um, and the gin no chaser comes up and you see a young-ish Danny Squire in footies from what seems to be a hospital and turns out to be an insane asylum. He is wearing a uh, straight jacket. Straight jacket. Well, I was going to say restraining coat, and I'm like, <laughs> that works. <laughs> I think it has another name that's much more well known. <laughs> Hand tie down coat. And he is humming the most annoying song. That's ever been hummed. I don't know what it is, but it's just like meandering humming. He's like, well, because he's an eccentric, crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he has to do. (laughs) Can you? Um, we're gonna cut again. Um, can you, Charles? Can you just hum a little bit crazier? Okay, cut. yeah, that, no, it's great. Um, could you just, I just find like, I need you to really just, just crazy, like crazy. You're wearing a straight jacket. You're mentally insane. There we go. Okay, roll cameras. <laughs> so it goes up, and it's just a one shot. It is him straight down the barrel forever. Forever this shot goes on, it's like it's like shot it of the buckle, and then and then dissolve cut to more of the buckle. <laughs> I wrote down, is this his one man show? Yeah, because that's the way it plays yes. out. That is exactly what I was thinking. Is like, is this his acting monologue? It yeah. really feels like that video where the kid does the outsiders. Yes. Yeah, this whole thing felt like a shitty monologue from a shitty high school forensics competition. Oh yes, yeah. So so we've got so Danny is in a straight jacket. He's looking at the camera. He's addressing the camera as though it is a therapist. Uh, and it really it does it. It has like lights up on shitty high school theater. Oh hello, doctor. Is I didn't okay? see you come in. Is it okay if I call you that? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's me again. <laughs> And he is eating the shit out of this monologue. Oh, he is chomp, chomp, chomping the scenery. <laughs> oh, you know, we were... And then this is when I wrote this note. You uh, Last week's episode, uh, Mitch, it was called A Case of the Stubborns. And it was really shitty. Um, but it was one of the first episodes where I kind of said there's categories for tales from the dark side episodes. Mm -hmm. And one of them is tongue in cheek. And this is a tongue in cheek episode (laughs) that is awful. Like it, it, it's nothing's earned in this. Like he wants to be Woody Allen, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's appeared in, he's appeared in Woody Allen films, but like background bit characters. Well, he really gets his chance. <laughs> you say he played actor? Yeah. In yeah, he played an- actor. And in Manhattan. <laughs> now, okay, I, I, 
when I walked in, I watched this episode before. Normally, we get together, we watch the episodes. Um, I had a chance to watch this last night before uh, you guys got a chance to see it. And when I walked in the door here, uh, it was with my head really dragging. And I was just, I, I didn't want to tell you too much about the episode, but I think you could tell my spirit was broken. Um, do you feel... You really had a look like this is not going to go well. Yeah. Do you feel, now after having seen this episode, do you feel that was an appropriate reaction? Mm, yeah. I definitely I think, think it so. was a re- an appropriate reaction. I was, I was hoping that there would be something... And I think there is. There's, There's a few, one line that made me laugh. There's yeah. a few things in this episode that are so unbelievably bonkers, stupid, crazy, <laughs> no. that like I'm so excited to talk about it. All right. So he is straight down the barrel of the camera. And he's like, oh, yeah, we were just married. I mean, I barely got the wrapping off of her. But, yeah, uh, and that line was odd to me. That's weird. I so barely got the wrapping off of gross. her. Gross. <laughs> So, because women are property, and it's the '80s. <laughs> right. Anyway, so we hadn't done cocaine yet, but um, we weren't poor, <laughs> but we weren't exactly rich. You know, we had a waterbed and orange crates. <laughs> it's like every line. The most, it's just hacky, hacky. We weren't hack, missing any meals. Hack. Maybe we put a, put a few off <laughs> yeah. intentionally. Huh, I don't know. Say <laughs> he said something like that. He sure did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> and then finally, after what seems to be an insufferable amount of time, <laughs> they finally cut away to the street. And to tell you the story of how he got in there. And he's walking around with his his beautiful new bride. Uh, they've been married four days, yet are bickering like an old couple from the Catskills. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I thought it, uh, it was funny when they were like, uh, when they finally show them walking around, they're like, it's late. We got to get in. But it's clearly like noon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, they're, he's he's talking about their life and the way they're living, you know, with orange, you know, with crates and stuff for furniture. And, you know, they've just, they're, they're newlyweds. Doesn't he seem a lot older than a poor newlywed? Oh, yeah. He's got to be like mid 40s in this yeah. episode. He, she looks nubile. He looks... <laughs> ancient yes <laughs> he's got gray hair yeah hey he's got waterbed money yeah yeah he's got waterbed money thank you Mick. he mentions the waterbed a lot yeah a lot and there we will get to the waterbed <laughs> i am so excited about the waterbed oh my god so they're arguing in this ham-fisted uh we, we've got this episode is nothing but haunted info dump yeah i was gonna say the it it never ends right? because it's him telling a story. So one of the things that we notice in these episodes is that they only have 22 minutes to tell the story. Right. And so, it's not like you're carrying characters over from one episode to the yeah. next. So you've got to, we need a, an info dump, dump normally at the top of the episode to tell you what's going on very quickly. Right. This one never stops. Yeah. <laughs> the information yeah. never stops. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> so she's like, I'm thinking Turkish, more Mesopotamian. He says, I can't believe you you wanna you wanna decorate our home in early Turkish. I mean I can't just I can't believe that you wanna do that or Mesopotamian or whatever, because I'm just spouting off things to you and I'm just gonna keep keep talking up the show and, and Colleen Camp will get a line in here or there. I was thinking Mesopotamian. What does that mean? Who thinks that, Alibaba? Like <laughs> 
monster. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him so much. So, Mitch, if you were to describe what happens next, how would you describe it? A tent appears out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> There's a homeless guy. I thought something was going to happen with the homeless guy. Yeah. Because they left the camera on him for a minute. And then it's like, boop, there's a tent. It begins the long list of amazing Foley work (laughs) in this episode. There is a straight up bloop. (laughs) Well, then the the tent pops up and the guy who owns it starts hanging those signs up. Mm -hmm. Like everything must go. Going out of business. Lost our lease. Yeah. (laughs) That was one of them. And that was kind of funny. Again, tongue in cheek, like, this is a funny one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're making jokes. This had to have been here. Look at, he's going out of business. So this couldn't have just appeared here, right? They have this weird run of like mabbity dialogue again. Mm -hmm. uh, That's, was this tent here? Of course it wasn't Oh, and they're like narrating themselves? Yes. Nervously, they approach the tent. (laughs) Yeah, I I wrote like, is, do they want to be the Marx Brothers? (laughs) <laughs> like it seems like everything's like a wacko yakko and dot type Marx brothers yeah. like but like seven shades away from it yeah like where they don't it's like oh i've heard of the Marx brothers don't they do that <laughs> bit where they're like walking closer to the tent yeah. <laughs> seems suspicious yes suspicious yes let's investigate i don't uh... could be the worst decision we've ever made <sighs> Uh, spoiler alert, it's the worst decision. <laughs> but is it? Let's keep going. It's her second worst decision next to marrying him. Right. Yes. That's easily the worst decision. This Colleen could be the Camp worst decision made. we've ever made. This could be the second worst decision I've ever made. This could be... <laughs> Shut up. So, uh... I write... So, um, if you were to, uh, if you were to describe the man who owns this tent... How would you describe him? Because boy, oh boy, I think I got a good one. <laughs> he looked to me like whoever was putting this, who was like casting this show was like, we need someone who looks like they could be in a tent that pops up out of nowhere. But it looks like they <laughs> <laughs> just put like one of their friends who like is from New York, born and raised but has a tan and put one of those like what do they call those, those hats? Turbans. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, like a Shriner hat. Yeah. yeah. They just oh, put that's that right. on. That's what him. He had on yeah. He's like, hey, what do you want? Hey, what are you looking for? <laughs> okay. You trade in early Turkish slash Mesopotamian goods and services. <laughs> I described him as Joseph and the amazing Technicolor stereotype. <laughs> Because he is straight up wearing a coat of many colors. Yeah, the big wavy pants. It's like, it's Turkish, it's Alibaba, but it's modern. You know how you know it's modern, Matt? Because our friend the Noisy Calculator is back. Is the, Has that been in other episodes? It's not that particular calculator, but there was a calculator prominently featured in, in another recent episode. That thing was loud as hell. Yeah, and it sounded like the battery was dying. So, like, we got to get this. We got one more shot, so you better get this amazing haggling scene nailed down. Oh, God. The, oh, again, the, the Foley work in this episode <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Colleen Camp finds a a lamp, like a genie's lamp, 
that she says, oh, honey, this would be perfect next to the waterbed and orange crates, I guess. And all your ducks. And all your fucking ducks. Right, which is a collection never explained. Yeah, why does he have a duck collection? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, that Mitch, part was so weird to me. <laughs> do you know anybody who has a duck collection? No, and they, he had like three. Do you know anybody <laughs> who doesn't have any furniture but has a duck collection? <laughs> Because that is what a lunatic has. Oh, my God. So maybe he did go to the right place. (laughs) All right, tell us about your home. Well, I don't have any furniture, but I have a duck collection. See, Doc, it's a duck collection. (laughs) (sighs) That's probably why he's locked up. Yeah. They went to his house. So the most clever haggling scene ever yeah. takes place over this lamp. You could see the writer was just was just licking his lips and ju- and, yeah. and tweaking his tits because he was <laughs> so delighted with himself. It was it, the haggling. Mitch and I are going to recreate this haggling. Yes, because it went a little. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be uh, you're going to be Danny Squire. Okay, and I will be Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor stereotype. <laughs> and I'll be Colleen Camp, who just sort of stands around for a lot of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Has to eat a pile of garbage yeah. while these two idiots go at this. Ah, uh, it is thirty dollars, sir. D- thirty dollars. I wouldn't pay thirty dollars for this thing if it was coming right at me. I'll give you twenty. No, I'll give you ten. You've insulted me and my family. I wish I wish a horde of pox upon your family's genitals. Seventeen. I'll give you fifteen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like he goes like by dollar amounts though. Like, At one point he's like nine, eight, seven, eleven, yeah. five dollars. <laughs> And I hope. And may you choke on it, and your children's spawn uh, erupt in bulbous (laughs) sores of. Hey, honey, pretty good, right? May a camel (laughs) die in your couscous. That's what it was. May a camel die in your couscous. You fucking racist prick. If I was the guy in the tent, I would have been like, "Go! I don't want to trick you with this thing. I want you to leave my tent." Let's talk about this lamp for a second. So it is the it is supposed to be the genie lamp. It is the size of a small car. It is fucking enormous, <laughs> huge, and very like dirty. Yeah. yeah, it's a mess. I guess that makes you want to rub it if it's dirty. He's got a point. <laughs> well, because they're in bed later, and Colleen Camp really wants to rub the lamp. Yes. Yeah, so we go through the ten dollar transaction. They leave the tent, and then Danny Squires. Says something like, hey, let me take you to a dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a fine dinner, but also could just as reasonably be Hawaiian dinner. I, I heard Hawaiian we dinner and Hawaiian wrote dinner. down Hawaiian dinner. <laughs> I wrote down Hawaiian dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let me take you to a nice Hawaiian dinner. <laughs> For this episode, it, it let's just say Hawaiian dinner, because why would anything make sense? <laughs> so that's the end of Act One. They procure the lamp. They, oh my God, they took their time. Like they seriously had, they have twenty-two minutes to film Mitch. Yeah, and they wasted a lot of it with that bargaining scene. <laughs> that's just it. They thought that was the most clever and hilarious bargaining scene. Oh, I guarantee. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I guarantee. Oh. After they did that shoot. They were talking like, we fucking nailed that. We got it, guys. (laughs) We got it. 
<laughs> oh, did you get the bargaining scene? <laughs> oh, wait till you see this. It's on fire. Uh, at this point in my notes, I wrote, I hate this guy. Yes, you were right to write that. <laughs> you are correct. Morning. Oh, it's the evening. I guess. We're in bed Act with two. the squires. Slowly stroke me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's left the left all the lights on like she likes to do. What did that mean? Because <laughs> he just likes to shit about his wife. That's one of the other things about this show is you learn in the 80s mis- misogyny was a lot more like out in the open. It was fine to just bitch about your wife and like the shit she would do. Because I feel like who was watching this show really? I mean, besides us, like so like teenagers, teenagers. Teenagers and Teenagers. and people home alone. Right. Because this aired at like midnight. Um, so, so this ad this aired like after Saturday Saturday Night Live. See, I thought it was eleven on channel twenty. Because I thought it was eleven was as tales, eleven thirty was monsters, and midnight was Friday the thirteenth. Uh, I think that was reruns, but right now they're first saying run. or first run they're saying was was on Sundays. So that's like Sunday Saturday night after midnight. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Perfect market for it. <laughs> Which is crazy to think that they were making... So drunks of antiquity yeah. were watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that they were making television. Like, like they made four seasons and paid for four seasons of a television show that would air late at night. Yeah. And maybe it didn't in every market, but I would think most of them. I would say... Almost 90% of yeah. them. Weird. I, they were probably hoping that people would think that it was scary. Like, ooh, it's on at nighttime. And right. it's called something, something dark side. Right. This sounds cool. Right. And then they probably watched a couple and were like, I'm going to go to bed. But some, some of them are good. It obviously <laughs> made money. They made four seasons. Right. You don't just casually make four seasons of a TV show. Right. That's a good point. Unless it suits. And then... <laughs> how did that i'm kidding i've never seen an episode so they're in bed they're in the water bed their prized possession that thing is sloshing around again the foley work on this water bed it it just sounds like a gurgling stomach it's kind of gross a couple times it's really sickening it's like in like uh i don't know like some sort of cheesy comedy when they show someone who's like taking laxative mm-hmm. or something and they're like uh oh they hold oh. their stomach <laughs> that was the waterbed noise just bubble guts <laughs> yeah so they're in bed and they're having witty repartee I guess he just seems shitty he's yeah. the worst and she is beautiful she is beautiful she's like crushing it she is crushing it she's in like you know one of his shirts with no pants and it's just such a cute 80s look (laughs) yeah yeah and he's plugging his ears and humming and telling her to shut up because he doesn't want to hear about the lamp (laughs) he doesn't want to hear about the lamp he makes a reference to lawrence welk that i i didn't know what was about oh yeah no i don't i didn't catch i didn't catch that one just more of the witty repartee i mean (laughs) Just crushing it. Just, just straight crushing it. <laughs> and then he says, "I don't want to rub. I don't want to rub the lamp." And then at this point that I wrote, "I wish I wasn't watching this episode." <laughs> <laughs> this is the first.
first episode that honestly made me think, how many of these are we going to have to watch? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because my next line is, rub the GD lamp. (laughs) We all know you're going to rub the GD lamp. There was some weird line about... A big burp? The big burp, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that? What was it, Matt? Did you write it down? I I wrote, like a big burp. That's all I wrote, too. Something like, you're going to come up like a big burp, or... Or like... Break the silence like a big burp or something. Yeah, something like that. But it has to do with rubbing the lamp. Yeah. It was it was enough that it was something that was said casually, like it's a regular saying, but oh, yeah. it was enough that the three of us all just sat up, looked at each other, and wrote down big burp. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, we'll we, remember. We'll yeah. remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big burp. Yeah, it's like one of those sayings that no one says, like if I were to be like, that's the catalog. Right. <laughs> What? No, nobody has ever said that. It is then at this moment, after the big burp, that I go, why doesn't he just lay the pipe? Why aren't they fucking? That is- she, yes. was la- she was giving out that vibe. Totally. She giving- was asking if she could rub the lamp. I mean, how much more transparent is it? It's not about the lamp, guys. <laughs> And then I wrote those waterbed sounds. Oh my God, yeah, I wrote waterbed slosh sound effects. He also is trying to get out of it at one point, and that was that was probably my favorite part when he's trying to get out of the waterbed and he can't. <laughs> he's like sticking his legs up in the air. To be fair, you can't get out you of a waterbed. I know, yeah. You have to roll yeah. out of a waterbed. Yeah. Ted used to have one. It was like when we first started dating. Oh, my God. It was the one. It just like came with the house. Uh, and so, yeah, to get out of it, you had to like you had to, like roll to the edge of it like by the wood and sort of like heave yourself off like you were throwing yourself into the ocean out of a boat. I had one growing up. Uh, like my parents, I think they got like a deal yeah. on like twin size versions of waterbeds. Did did a did a tent pop up in the middle of an empty field? <laughs> yeah, so, and that's well. Cool. This is unusual. And there was a waterbed salesman in there. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, that's pretty much. It. And, yeah, and when you slept on it at night, a mermaid visited you. <laughs> yeah, you know what is the be- the downside of waterbeds besides the whole thing is. <laughs> If, if for some reason it stops working in the middle of the night, you wake up with hypothermia. Yes. <laughs> You're just sleeping on a cold water yep, pillow. The, the heater was broken in Ted's waterbed for most of the time that we were dating. And so it was just <laughs> sleeping on. Oh, was cold, no. yeah. cold, cold water. <laughs> we kept it warm. Ain't no thing. No, we didn't. We, we almost died. Because no amount of fucking will fix that. <laughs> Seventy degrees. Right. Like that water is like you don't realize like how much how hot you really are. Right. Like you're ninety-six degrees mm-hmm. all the time. So to go from ninety-six to seventy is bone chilling. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. She finally rubs this goddamn lamp. <laughs> and then it freeze frames. For, for some reason. Because they couldn't even do the effect of the lamp like jumping or taking on a life of its own because it freeze frames. And he says, Doc, it moved. It jumped. I mean, not far, but it jumped. 
and they can't show that to you. Is that when they knock the ducks off the shelf? Uh, That's a little bit. He makes the ducks. The the genie makes the ducks fly. Oh, right. So uh, they cut back to the bedroom, and smoke is now pouring out of this lamp. And at this point, he is standing next to... Uh, a wall. One of my favorite things in movies and TV, where a wall is half painted, like somebody's moving into a place, and somebody's just taken a paint roller and just gone. Mm, 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 mm. Who does that? No one does that. Monsters do that. You paint the trim first. You finish a whole wall. I don't care. That's how finish they. It. Is that how they convey that it's a cheap apartment? Maybe? Or, or that they're just moving in. Yeah. yeah. It's so strange. It's so lazy. It's so, it is. All right. Fuck this episode. Can someone please describe? We we haven't even mentioned that it's part of the episode. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is here, everybody. He's the genie. This is so beneath him. I wrote, (laughs) how did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar agree to do this? Maybe he was looking for little acting jobs after uh, after airplane. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but like, I was shocked. Yeah, I could see it being like maybe he was a big fa- like he was a fan. Like, but this, hey, is, this is episode pretty early in the series. This, this is, is episode season one, 11 episode eleven, of season one. Yeah, maybe know. he owed somebody a favor. This feels like a favor. Yeah, <laughs> could be. <laughs> So the smoke is pouring out of the lamp, and now the wind in the place starts blowing. (laughs) It is another uh, famous feature of Tales from the Dark Side. Unexplained wind! And it's the wind is rocking the the waterbed, and he 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 goes ass over tea kettle, uh, right? You know, falls out, rolls through the bed, and and falls off of it, which is the biggest effect I think in this episode. And also, all I could think was, I hope he got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and then both of the windows break, or just the blinds fall apart. I think the blinds fall apart because I don't think they could af- they could afford to break windows. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. We there's so much that happens in this. This is the best three minutes of the episode, and also absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar starts talking, and basically he sounds like the kid from that episode of Star Trek, the first run series, mm-hmm. that keeps going. <laughs> It's like they got one take of him laughing and they just play it over and over and over again. <laughs> it was at this point that I wrote down this note. Is it a genie or is it the kid from Problem Child, <laughs> a.k.a. Junior? <laughs> just making a mess of the place. <laughs> so the genie is just wrecking the place and throwing insults out left and right. And uh, all they are the, not getting their deposit back. They're on not getting their deposit no back way. on this beautiful New York apartment. And uh, his voice is 
booming. His voice is booming. And he is insulting them left and right. You trollop, you offspring of a worm, you ah ha ha. You, you insignificant flotsam. You. <laughs> He's got one after another on yeah. this thing. Yeah, he really hates them. I wrote and down offspring of a million foul odors. Oh. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> you were the offspring. Okay, that, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote, oh, I know how they got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to be in this. He gets to be shitty to people. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's because we're, this part murdered me. This part murdered me. So Danny Squire is watching a genie wreak havoc. It is the goddamn exorcist going on in that right. room. He looks at his wife, the two windows behind him shatter because of the Foley work, but all that really happens is the blinds fall. Right. His ducks fall. His first instinct is to grab two toasters? <laughs> well, I think Where did I think those I figured it out. Come from? I think I figured it out cuz one of them has a bow on it, like it was a gift. Right. And they were recently married. And so they were, maybe they, received they were two toasters. They got as a two gift. toasters as a wedding gift. But why were those toasters in the bedroom? <laughs> why did their bedroom have painting supplies, ducks, and two toasters in it? <laughs> yeah, because when you're painting a room, let me tell you the first thing you make sure that you do when you're newly married and moving into a place. You put your ducks up. <laughs> like step two, like, get a toaster. <laughs> step two, get the second one. <laughs> like you always, you know, you've moved into a place, so yeah. you made sure that, like, before you painted, you put things on the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put my favorite poster up first. And then take it down, <laughs> patch the hole, paint, and then put it back up. <laughs> I imagine, like, the day, the first day they walked into the apartment, they were like, here we go. He, like, opened the door and went, I want to put my ducks over here, and, like, had his ducks in his hands. <laughs> I want to put my ducks over here. <laughs> Set his ducks down. All right, let's get the couch in here now. <laughs> yeah, let's get that. Oh, we gotta get that water bed in here. Maybe the maybe the toasters heated the water bed. Oh God. <laughs> the ducks did make an awesome sound when they fell. Yes. It was like a <laughs> Yeah, we need him to have a collection of something that makes a terrible noise because the Foley guy doesn't have enough to do. Yeah, th- that Foley guy had a boner the whole time. Oh I was like, God. oh, I love this. Look, the most talented member of the crew is the Foley guy. So if we could come up with some real wow moments, I think we'd be very happy with the episode. Well, we got all these decoy ducks over here. Let's get those ducks quacking. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's say the couch is a little rickety. Oh, okay. And you know what? They don't have a normal bed. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They got a water bed. All right, now that's great. Talking. So we've got some water bed sound effects. What if, hear me out about this couch, there's a spring that comes loose. Now we're talking. <laughs> boing. Literally, it goes boing. <laughs> but please, please, please do not jump past my favorite part of the whole episode snack time (laughs) this motherfucker leaves his wife in a room with a genie and straight up goes to the kitchen and gets a snack (laughs) what a dick yeah because he's like oh she's mad at me now because uh, because i was insulting her while our house is being torn apart 
Yeah, so he just leaves he, he leaves her alone in the exorcist room to go get milk. <laughs> it comforts him. And and make four to eight pieces of toast. <laughs> so weird. Like and it is bone quiet in Why there. does he take the toasters, guys? I I need to know. I why does he take the toasters? I wish I wish I knew. I want to move past I this wish point. I knew. This episode does not deserve to be an hour, but I I <laughs> and and who gives a gift of a toaster that's a toaster with a bow on it? Because Asshole. one of them had a ribbon and a bow. <laughs> who leaves their wife to straight up get a glass of milk? Like a oh man, is um a Mesopotamian genie's loose in my bedroom. I think I want some milk. milk. Time. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anybody else want some milk? <laughs> That sweet, sweet white liquid that we all love so much as adults. Can't stop pouring myself glasses of. All right. So what happens after that, Max? I kind of, I kind of. Then it starts raining. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. She comes back in. They make peace. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says something about them being idiots and that he won't be subservient to them. He does quiet down a little bit for Colleen them. Camp does does kind of do a little reverse psychology on him, which is a little foreshadowing that she is going to be able to control and manipulate this this genie. Yeah. She's like, she says something like, you know, well, if you're such a big deal, I'm surprised you can't quiet down. Right. And then he quiet he quiets down. That is the end of Act Two. Or, or kind of the end of Act Two, Five, but yeah, it's, yeah it's, not not before there's a there's a little lamp humor where he says this guy's got a lot of brass. Yep, this guy's <laughs> got a lot of brass. Wow, I did not even catch that lamp humor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's lights back up. We're back on that one shot of him in the mental institution, and he's saying, "And the genie made our lives crazy. You can't even imagine it." One day it's elephants, the next day it's this, the, and then it's slime. Mm. And then they go back to the apartment, and I go, the slime budget on this was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote slime genie poop. Mm. <laughs> it was a very thick slime. Like I, I think of slime as being more, I, I think of the classic Ghostbusters slime when yeah. I think of slime. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a little bit greener. Um. Somewhere between like Ghostbusters and you can't do that on television. Yeah. But this was just more like, I don't know, it's more cake battery. Yeah. It didn't yeah. seem sticky. Yeah. All right. This is the least of my concerns with this episode. <laughs> uh, so the place is a legit disaster. And this is when you see that their couch that was fine is now pockmarked to shit. Tore up. And he sits down, and that's when it's... <laughs> so, and he and Colleen Camp are fighting. This has clearly become a stressful time. Uh, no one can uh, no one can leave. Because there's an elephant in the hallway. Right. Oh, there's a cha- yeah, every, great chance Every chance that he comedy. tries to leave, it's a tiger or it's an elephant. Uh, he can't throw a spring, though, without it going... <laughs> just pings I did the the moment when he opened the door walked out and there was a, a tiger out there that did make me that did make me laugh I don't know why I thought that was funny but I like where people can <laughs> hold it what 
what are we going to find out about you right now? <laughs> this sounds like a weird fetish, but it's not. I just like in movies where people get attacked off stage by animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's a moment in Pootie Tang where there's a gorilla attack. <laughs> Like anything where you see somebody walk off and like like walking off whistling and then you hear like a rah, like that just levels me every time. <laughs> anyway. No, I, I, uh. Hey, if they can't leave the apartment, how are they paying for it? They're not going to work because he well, clearly says we can't weeks. leave. Oh, it's only been two it's, weeks. I think I thought it only. I thought they'd said like. I thought he said like two weeks later. Oh. So I think it's only been. Well, either but way, they haven't fired eaten from their jobs. Yeah, they haven't eaten. Or that, or or they haven't eaten. Yeah, she was like, "You go get food. I'm sweeping up slime." <laughs> Genie poop all over the windows. Right. It gets firmly established that they can't leave. So then, apropos of nothing, the genie goes. You can leave if you divorce her. Yeah, like that's a rule? <laughs> like, yeah, you didn't know that? So was he in love with her or something? Did the genie have a thing for her? Or was Maybe. he just trying to be more of a dick? I don't know. I think it was like the the writers wrote themselves into a corner. They were like, um, because she rubbed the lamp, but he bought the lamp. Okay. So I don't know how the genie contract worked. You know, like, was there anything that said, like, they were both in it together for some well, reason? Well, she was most of the time, she was the one that was mostly holding the lamp. So I think it's like a, a genie nine possession is nine tenths of the law. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Wait, so what is it no, normally in regular genie lore? The person who rubs the lamp is the master. Oh, is the master. Is the, so, is the master. Right. So that makes sense. So she was the one that did make me very uncomfortable. That they were yes. just, he was like, uh, please don't say, uh, uh, I'm your master to Lou Alcindor. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So the person who rubs it is the master and gets the wishes. Right. Right. That's the way I've always understood it. That's the Aladdin rule. Right. Not so, here in Dark Side. No, we are not operating on under but Aladdin they make, rules. They make that, they do make that clear. That that's a genie and I'm a gin. Well, and then he says, uh, plus, no one can get me out of here because the uh, sorcerer who put me in here didn't understand bullshit explanations. The something uh, didn't understand fi- the, meta- the something of physics, something about physics or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. It was hilarious. <laughs> So funny. Oh, the best. Like, <laughs> oh, mm. just if you want to bite off a chunk of laughter. <laughs> oh. I, I did make a note here. I wrote, is this episode written by Aaron Sorkin? Because there's like a moment where the two of them talking about the genie were just like, well, you got to go. Well, he said I could go. It was very, it was very Sorkin-y. Yep. So they established that he can leave... If they get a divorce. Then he says, no, I don't want to do that. I, I'm not going to leave you. I love you. You're the best thing that's happened to me, which is the first nice thing he said to her in this episode. In this episode. Because mm-hmm. he's an asshole. So then the genie, I guess, makes him start to hallucinate. 
And he says things like, no, Uncle Uncle Bucky, don't pick me up on my ears. No, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, my fourth grade teacher. What are you? So no. did you think that was real or did you think that was bullshit? Oh, I thought it was. I, well, the acting was so good. <laughs> I thought it was real. <laughs> he did. He said, you can you can leave if you divorce her. And he was like, well, no. Yeah, you're great. And then has the hallucinations one second later. Yeah. And then is like, well, I got to go. Yeah. He flips She's, on Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. She's Colleen Camp's like, you have to get out of here, honey. You've gotta you've gotta go. Um and I thought didn't the genie say something like that? Say say something like, Yeah, I knew that would do it, or something like that. Oh, I did I missed that line. Okay. Because I said that this now becomes have duck will travel. <laughs> <laughs> because he is so like they're like, You gotta go, honey. And then they basically foreshadow a shot that they're going to use later that you don't know that they're foreshadowing but they started his shoes and they pan up and he looks like a little kid holding a duck (laughs) (laughs) he how tall is he not very not very five ten five five eight five ten I, I think they probably wanted a shorter actor to really contrast against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right, because he's about as tall as yeah. Colleen. Yeah. Is that her name, Colleen? Yes, Colleen Camp, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the... Uh, uh, Connie. Okay. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's back at the... So, he leaves. We're back at the insane, insane asylum. And absolutely, what happens? So uh, that was pretty much what what happened, Doc. And can you believe it? Can you believe this happened? And can you believe all this stuff? And I can't believe I left her there. So, uh, hey, do you mind if I go, Doc? Uh, I'm, I'm all here. It was just a bad dream, right, Doc? Okay, thanks. And then he just leaves the insane asylum. Wait, that is what happened then? Yeah. <laughs> no way. He just left. That's why he walked back why in at the end of the episode. Why was he wearing a straitjacket then? I thought that was at like the entire like. This. I originally thought it was like it was like showing the rest of that final timeline, the, the rest of the timeline before he got there. Yeah, but no, it wasn't. It was because he does say something later about I got to get back or something. Yeah, when he first walks in, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to get back to the uh, insane asylum or I don't know something." Like he was getting a weekend pass or something. <laughs> Do you get a weekend pass if you're crazy enough to be wearing a straight jacket? No. No, you do not. Yeah, so that is a complete ball of confusion. I was so lost at that point because he's like, um, so all this happens, but it was just a, it was just a thing, so I can go, right? And then he's back at his house. Oh, uh, what's what's the name of the, the place he was at, guys? Oh, I don't know. It was the home of the mentally absent. Absent. <laughs> yes. You fucking assholes. <laughs> the home of the mentally absent. So he walks in the door to his house. And be- before that, I, I oh, did write right. down that he does look like Andy Samberg doing an impression of a bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Okay. He walks into his apartment. Yep. And now it's it's clean. The slime is gone. It is fully furnished. Colleen Camp, who was very unkempt before, uh, now looks lovely. She's wearing a pretty little off-the-shoulder dress. Her hair is clean. It's put up. Um, There's a cool hammock. 
There's a cool hammock. In the corner. There yeah. is some choice artwork in mm-hmm. this place. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you hear the genie again. And he says the same type of like things that he's always been saying. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you bubbly boobs. <laughs> <laughs> May the sweat of a thousand monkeys drown your feet. <laughs> <laughs> and hearing this, my dude is like, I got to go. Got to go back to the home for the mentally absent. To the absent. home of the me- mentally absent. And she's like, no, 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 don't leave. And then all of a sudden, from the feet up. Again with the feet up. Yeah. Third time. So when's the, when's the first time? First time in the first very time the very, very beginning. opening of the episode. When they Holy started his little footies. Shit. And then later with the duck and then here again. <laughs> so... um the Foley people, the music cue people were like so excited mm-hmm. that that pan up took forever. Yeah. It did. That was like a full minute. <laughs> it felt like <laughs> it's a good 10 count. It's It's got to be 10 seconds. Well, he's tall. Well, you know, I didn't know he was tall until I heard the sound cue letting me know. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Hey, everybody. Now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the coolest human being. He looks awesome. Yep. He looks awesome. He looks great in this app. I was so... I was so relieved to see him. I was so glad they didn't put a prosthetic on yep. him. That they, they didn't, didn't put him in a genie costume. No, he I was just I wearing can, a nice suit. Yeah, I can guarantee you, was like, I ain't wearing this shit. <laughs> yes, no, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. He was like, I'm wearing a suit. This yeah. is what I'm wearing. <laughs> I was so hoping at the end of when they started at his feet and panned up that he was going to be wearing sunglasses. Oh, that would have been awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> Seeing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wearing sunglasses. Takes him off. <laughs> so the the perspective on this is like, they are so short. He is so tall. How'd you get him out of that lamp? Oh, well, first, first she says, you know, I just used, used a little, you know, what's he? He basically asks if they've been fucking. Oh, yeah, he does. Yes. He basically implies, oh, is that all you've been doing? She said, I'm, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. And then he goes, look, I've just been out the, in the outside world listening to Lena Horne. <laughs> oh, that was the one line that I was like, okay, this is fantastic. He says, I'm feeling much better. You know, I, I, you know now that I'm out of this lamp, I'm out of pain. You know, I'm not doubled over in stomach misery for 10,000 years. I've been enjoying... The oceans, the sunrise, the incomparable Lena Horn. Amazing. <laughs> fantastic line, fantastic delivery. One of the best lines of <laughs> Tales from the Dark Side. Yes, history. 100%. <laughs> the incomparable Lena Horn. God, that was so great. <laughs> so, how'd you get him out? Well, it's a, te- a technology that wasn't around 10,000 years ago. Oh, uh, uh, what is what? What could this be? I'm thinking. When she said that, I'm thinking. Cell phone. <laughs> I don't, I don't I know how that works yeah, to get you, him out. But did you think something? Uh, I, I thought did. it was like a saw. 
I thought it was, what did you think? I thought remote control? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the technology, I was thinking something like, something techy. It could have been anything. Is the th- Like, sure, it could have been a remote control. It mm. could have been a, a cell phone. It could have been. Yeah, they said quantum. Yep. I was like, ha, ah, yeah. Yep. I mean, we hit yeah. the open button on the. But it was a can opener. A simple, everyday <laughs> Garbage, dime store, nickel and dime, penny ante. <laughs> My man lists off like 30 adjectives for how cheap and meaningless a can opener is. Well, for something so cheap and meaningless, they sure bought it a glass case yeah. real fast. <laughs> yes. And a special purple pillow. Yeah. Yeah. All I did was take the can opener out of the display case and... <laughs> Open the genie's lamp. That was the only other thing in the apartment. <laughs> the, whole, the whole time we've been missing this can opener in this glass case. There was a waterbed, cartons, orange crates, orange crates, ducks, ducks, special case toasters. for the can opener, two toasters, <laughs> kind of paint. Well, oh. that's it. That's the end of the episode. And we all just laughed and laughed at this hilarious comedic entry. We just thought, man, what a great episode to never watch again. <laughs> when that when they showed the can opener, I was like, okay, now what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> now what's going to happen is the best part of this episode, <laughs> the credits. I Honestly, I was like, that's it, huh? <laughs> Real, right. real boner killer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can opener. Hmm. All right. All right. So. I mean, I guess if that's how you want to end it. <laughs> so if we're looking at when did you figure it out? I don't know that there was anything to figure out in this episode. Nope. No, because they were never like saying like, oh, our goal is to get him out. It was like the guy living with the genie. Right. I thought was the goal. Yeah, it didn't have that, like, you were expecting one thing and something else happened. Right. Like, the twist is, we got him out with a can opener, and there's what no way... What a shitty twist that is. Which is not a twist at all. No. It... Yeah. And, I well, I think... Well, because they made... They keep talking about how they don't have a lot of money. Right. They're in the only apartment they can afford in New York. Um, and I think he wanted to hang on to the genie because he was hoping to get some sort of money out of it. Right. So if at the end they were like, oh yeah, we're cool with the genie now. And he gave us money, but instead it was. Also. We got him out. Also they, so she's had, Colleen Camp has had this genie now out of the lamp and she's been able to make these wishes. So she's not living in a palace or anything. The budget for this episode, I'm amazed they even... Oh, they, they even, blew it all on the slime. Uh, slime and ducks. <laughs> because they couldn't make the apartment. We need to really make this fancy. Uh, okay, well, here are some nail salon posters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. What were those called? Uh, it really had that, like... 80s. The really like 80s, like with the women's faces. Them t- but it was like day glow. Yeah. And oh, God. It's like the cover, like like, like the, the Rio cover. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. God, who was, who that, was artist? that artist? I'll look it up while All you, right. while you uh, do the next part. So um, 
I and we did not talk to you about this beforehand, uh, but we should have. Um, could you come up with an alternate name for this episode? We've got Jin No Chaser. Did you come up with one, Matt? I don't have one right now. Okay. Um, uh, but I have this one right now, which is should have stayed in the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's, yeah, I, I didn't come up with one because this episode made me feel sad that I was watching it. And I don't want to bring the room down, but it was, guys, don't watch this episode. <laughs> There's no reason to watch this episode. Uh, oh, oh, well, let's do ratings. Uh, scale of one to ten, uh, how many magic lamps would you give this? Out of ten magic lamps, yeah. ten being the best. Ten being the best. Uh, I'd say a three. Three, three, three magic three lamps. magic lamps. Okay. Matt, how many magic lamps? Oh, I would not give it more than three. That's for darn sure. I, two. I just was not moved by this episode at all. I would give it one magic lamp, and that is only for because Colleen. of the incomparable Lena Horne. <laughs> only because that made me laugh out loud. That is one line, and and for Kareem. Well, the the um, cream is great. I gave it to for the incomparable Lena Horne and snack time. Sna- the idea, <laughs> so weird. the idea that he would stop to pour himself a glass of milk when his world is falling apart, right? Is that is funny? Yeah, that's funny to me. Patrick Nagel is an artist. Patrick who, Nagel, who really did that mm. style of kind of like yeah. the people. They weren't just white people. They were literally white yeah. <laughs> like they have no no skin pigment at all a lot of boudoir pictures oh yeah that's that. <laughs> titties her name is rio you know what i mean <laughs> uh, uh well while, while we're here match why don't you I, well, uh, normally i throw it to matt right now but i'm right to right to, okay to um mitch why don't you tell us about your podcast uh, well, uh, it's called Mitch and Matt Adventures in Audio. Um, we're a, kind of a, on a little bit of a break, Aww. but I think just cause we were doing stuff over the holidays sure. and stuff, but yeah, it's called Mitch and Matt Adventures in Audio and we just do different stories that we make up That's on the awesome. spot. So yeah, right now we're doing Lewis and Clark. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where, um, your Hamilton show came from. Yes. yes okay. Correct. Alexander Hamilton, Fully Loaded, was an amazing show. One of my favorites. Thank you. Thank you. Anything you want to throw in, Matt? Well, I do want to ask Mitch this question. I can't let you go without asking you this. If you were in the writer's room of Ah. Tales from the Dark Side, and you were like the voice of reason, Mm -hmm. like, no, we cannot go with what you guys have, what would you have done? Is there anything you could have done to fix this episode besides scrap it? Because there is a part of me right now that's like, scrap the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But like, you don't have to feel like you're tied to any plot point that they have right now. I would have liked if at the end, when, um, what's the the main guy's name again? Oh, um, my boy. Anyways, him. Dickless. No, <laughs> give me a second, I got it. All right. Mallard for life. <laughs> oh, you mean Danny Squire? Danny Squire, <laughs> yes, of course. Slowly stroke me, Danny Squire. <laughs> if when me. he said Danny Squire, Squire. 
<laughs> are you guys are you more than friends with the genie? I would have liked if the genie was taking over for him in the house and ah. he got kicked out in the street. And then A nice later ran into the guy with the tent that pops up out of nowhere and he was like, Ha ha ha, gotcha. That's what you get, That's for, what you get for haggling. Yeah. That would be a nice button on this because I think he was so unlikable in this episode. Oh, Dan he Squire. is insufferable. Yeah. What, is he more insufferable now because we know that character type? Was was he as insufferable in the 80s, you think? He has a feeling of like the 80s nerd character. Right. Like I'm thinking of like... um. Fast Times at Ridgemont High kind of has that guy who ends up having sex with, I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that does not help in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, Phoebe Cates? Phoebe Cates, yeah. yeah. I don't Judge know. Reinhold? Judge Reinhold? Judge Reinhold. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, the, the guy who's friends with Styles, the one uh, who wants to get with the girl. Oh. Yeah. Because I guess Styles has sex with the other girl. Okay, I can't remember. Oh, God, guys, this is the most <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, hold me closer, Danny Squire. <laughs> but I, I'm, a, I'm in full agreement with you. I would have loved to see the genie come out and give them terrible wishes. Yeah. And, and then taking his life away from him and then... Him finding the finding magically the tent again, maybe it's a time jump. I don't know, but it's later, and him getting his life back, maybe, or wishing it none of this happened. I would sure. have even accepted. I wished none of this happened, and it all went back to mm-hmm. them at the tent and him being like, "Nah, let's not go in there." I would have cut down the jokes by like three quarters because they they don't work for this, and I think tales works. I mean. When there's a little winking joke, sure, but the ones that are, we, we haven't hit one yet where ones that are so heavy joke work at all. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think if you, yeah, if you make it a more modern day, um, you know, a, a modern day weirdly uh, fulfilled wishes, you know, kind of like um, uh, Bedazzled where, you know, mm. the devil is, is granting you wishes, but they're all, you know, all of these weird kind of Faustian twists. Um, and then at the end of it, you know, even if he is narrating the story, but just not as hacky, I guess. Um, and at the end of it, that, that the reveal at the end is that it drove him crazy. And that's why I'm here in a mental hospital. You right. pull out and he's in a straight jacket or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. That would have been better. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is the girl, uh, who plays Stacey Hamilton. Oh, oh, the kid. Right. So it's, uh, Brian Backer. That when you see a picture of Brian Backer, you're like, that kind of looks like mm-hmm. our boy Danny Squire. Right. Yeah. He does. Yeah, he has he has a similarity. Not a 100% lookalike. Oh, yeah. But he also plays a kind of nerdy, neurotic. But also in a lovable kind of way. Right. Yeah, this guy, Danny, Danny Squire, had nothing lovable about no, he him. No, was, he was too far to the right. Right. He was too, he was too far to one end. Yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of in agreement. Like there there's a lot of ways they could have handled this. They went straight jokes. They definitely wrote themselves into into a corner with him. He mm-hmm. needed to stay in the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe Kareem and her visit and be like, Well, he's my genie now. You know, like right. s- something like that. Not 
without it, we wouldn't have gotten the incomparable, the incomparable Lena, Lena, Lena Horn. So. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. So would you guys recommend this episode? No, not at all. I don't don't think so. No, not at all. Mm. Good. That's that's three no's from us. All right. Thank you for sitting through this with us. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Once again, we do watch all of these on the Shudder app. Yes. Uh, So if you like horror movies, uh, which I am a scaredy cat, so the only thing I watch (laughs) on this is... Tales from the Dark Side. But I do watch uh, horror movies, and I do watch them off, uh, often on the Shudder app, and it is great. And I... Shudder is not sponsoring us. This is a unsolicited oh. yeah. thing for Shudder. Because <laughs> we just love them, I guess. Uh, you can also buy the complete DVD box set of the of all four seasons for uh, 25 bucks on Amazon.com. Could we, Jen, I'm going to ask you a business question in front of Mitch. Mm-hmm. Could we set up one of those pages where if somebody buys it through our page, we get like 20 cents i bet we could we should do we should that look into that that would be great <laughs> yeah be... we'll give you guys a, a we'll, we'll figure it out and send you a sweet link yes <laughs> sweet links uh all right next week's episode uh speaking of of jokes next week's episode is entitled all a clone by the telephone oh boy uh but stars harry anderson so uh i'm looking forward actually to that this one could be good it could be yeah from Night Court fame. Yes. Mitch is like, I don't know. I want yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> I want that one. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Thank you. Uh, have a great week. We'll see you Thanks, next Mitch. week. Thanks, Mitch. Thank uh, you, guys. Thank you, Mitch. Um, if you get a chance, Mitch, uh, and you guys, too, try to enjoy the daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. Just try to enjoy the daylight. <laughs> I won't take it for granted. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. 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 Transmissions from the Dark Side is created, hosted, and produced by Jen Hansen and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. And hosted by Go Comedy Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTDSPod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.